The Ponch Stevenson Show, ponchstevenson.com, episode 173, Sunday, July 3rd, 2011. This is the Ponch Stevenson Show, yeah! Ponch, oh no, wait, I already did that. This is the Ponch Stevenson Show, ponchstevenson.com, episode 173. I am Rob, you are Greg. You know, you're, uh... Your macho man impersonation has not gotten any more realistic. I'm gonna snap your neck, no, yeah! No. It's not deep enough. That was, come on, that was good. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta make it really deep. Like it's coming from down here. <laughs> Couple coffee, yeah. yeah. Couple coffee, Ricky the Dragon, yeah. Alright, enough of him. Hey, by the way, I was listening to episode 171 where we talked about, you know, Macho Man being dead. Yeah. Terrible. And all of the different clips, and we did not play the clip of him crying. <laughs> I was, I was going, I was going to include it, but I, I already had like it was like five minutes of clips, nah, and I, I was know. like, ah, it's just too many, and we already played it. No freak out. No, no confetti. <laughs> you know, plus, that wasn't really what I would call the classic Macho Man Randy Savage. Well, no, I know. It was, come on, it was hilarious, though. Oh, yeah. Then there was another one. I, I did find a clip of him arguing with Jesse the Body Ventura in, yeah. in the quote-unquote locker room. That's right, I'm Jesse the Body. I'm gonna snap your neck. Yeah. Macho Man Randy Savage. Did you know that the Honky Tonk Man is uh, is threatening to cut off your ears? Hmm? I'm the Macho Man. Yeah. I lock Elizabeth up in a cage. Yeah. <laughs> what was the one clip which was ridiculous was the two idiots, him and Hogan, are, are yelling and screaming about their secret weapon is Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> because, well, what it was, Miss Elizabeth, her thing was she would get up on the ring ropes, you know, and act like, you know, and try to, dis like, distract something. Yeah. And then the enemy, like, the, the opponent would go to beat her up and she would run away. And then that would give, you know, Macho Man a chance to, like, hit the guy on the, the back of the head and... And cheat, basically. <laughs> you had to, that's right, yeah. So in a sense, he really was, he was like the only good guy who used to cheat. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the, I'm here with the macho man, oh, Randy mean Gene, Savage mean Gene and Oakland. Hulk Hogan. Mean Gene Okerlund. Actually, you know, when Macho Man, one of the video clips I found was when the Macho Man was married last year. <laughs> really? I told you he got married. Walking down the aisle, yeah. yeah. Married his high school sweetheart from like forty years ago, but uh, the, the MC I'm locking was, her in a cage too. Yeah. So the the MC was Mean Gene Okerlund. And do you, Randy Macho <laughs> yeah, Man yeah, Savage, yeah, take doing. this woman to be your five foot seven, hundred and forty five pound wife? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's what he did in that. Remember they had the fake marriage. <laughs> Him and Miss Elizabeth? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. You don't remember? That was like the biggest thing in the world. I, th I thought they were already married. Yeah, no, in real life, I think. But no, on, on, 
on in the in the on one of the pay-per-views or something they got married in the ring oh really yeah in, i don't know 1990 or something like that and they're like you know macho man do you take this woman to be your wife he's like Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and then oh. they asked her and she's like oh yeah and then you see him going nuts <laughs> You know, doing the thing where he's, like, hunched over and he's, you know, going back and forth like a chimp. It's the Macho King, yeah. (laughs) Ah, boy. Anyway, I have a Porn Stevenson show update. I'm just going to look something up quickly. Give me one second. So, you know how Ep is... So 166, we talked about the upcoming video game, Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah. And how this thing has been in development for more than a decade. You know, but like 12 years or 14 years or something like that. Uh, so, right, right. so Duke Nukem Forever finally came out. It came out yeah. in, in, in North America June 14th, 2011. Yeah. And I'm reading the reviews, and Uh-oh. of course the reviews for it are pretty terrible <laughs> across the board. Well, well for, hold on. First of all, the original games were never uh, reviewed positively, I don't recall. Well, I don't know, but it's getting panned, like <laughs> pretty universally panned. All right. And I was reading one of the reviews. Actually, several of the reviews mentioned this. Evidently, at the beginning of the game... (laughs) This is insanity. At at the beginning of the game, you start out... You're, you're, I guess, in a bathroom or you're next to a bathroom. So, let's say I'm playing the game. I can control Duke Nukem, the character. Go into the bathroom. Mm. And one of the toilets is unflushed... Yeah. So I can go, I can walk up to the unflushed toilet, <laughs> pick up human feces. Oh, no. Start writing on the wall with it. What? And then throwing it at the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the beginning of the game. Wow. According to these reviews. <laughs> How crazy wow. is that? I, it, that's just absurd. <laughs> it took 14 years to come up with that. Really? <laughs> I wonder if the developers are proud of themselves. Uh, well, I guess that's the first time it's ever happened in a video game, so... Well, Conker's Bad Fur Day for the Nintendo 64 back in, what was it, 2001? Um... You know, it involved dung, but this was the first time the player could actually pick it up and <laughs> throw it at people, I think. I don't know. I, that that sounds like an urban legend, but I, I if they're reviewing it, I, I guess it's true. By the way, have you... I don't know if you've seen this, but did you know that there's new pennies? Yeah, I've gotten a few of them. 2011 you know the the for our foreign listeners uh the the united states with the one cent coin the penny they've redesigned the back of the penny 
Yeah. Why? <laughs> why bother? I don't know. Why? Why do they? Why do they issue these stupid commemorative coins? It's to make money. I know, but, but it's a penny. I know, but these there's Who's these people. Who's caring about pennies? Uh, because these stupid collectors. The collector. Well, that it's it's the collect. Yes, they I have to have a new. There's a new penny that has been released on the market. <laughs> I must buy it immediately. It's the collector uh, man. He collects pennies and throws them at the evildoers. It's like all these things with Lincoln. I sent you a link to the picture. Yeah, I see him here on Google anyway. It's all these Lincoln things. There's like four different backs to them. Well, the one that I've gotten is uh, you know, it's it's the the regular front. It, actually, it's from twenty. 10 i guess 2010 2011 mm. but it's uh it has the regular abraham lincoln uh side profile on the front and on the back it has some sort of like a like a shield or insignia with like yeah a scroll going across it that says one cent mm. i don't know it's what? no i well yeah and then the other ones there's one with the log cabin there's one with him sitting on top of a log reading a book. Another one with him in front. I don't even know what this is in front of some building. And then there's some other construction of something or other. I don't even know what this is. The White House. I have no idea. Capitol building, I guess. It, it, it's pointless. Well, it's the 200th anniversary of Lincoln's birthday. Oh, it's still pointless. Well. But the people collect them. And then not only, not only do they collect them, but then you get the idiots, you know, on the shop at home stuff who, you know, they paint them. And then, hey, you could buy it. It's painted. This is one of a kind. This is one of a kind. It's a painted penny. $700. $79.99. Three easy payments of $44.95. For something that's worth one cent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By the way, speaking of money, mm. I don't know if you've heard about this. Uh, again, let me just pull this up here quickly. This was started about two and a half years ago in the beginning of 2009, 2009, mm. supposedly. It's some kind of an online digital currency called Bitcoin. <laughs> Have you heard of this? No. And like, and, and people are in, are actually investing in this. What is this like, uh, PayPal or? I, well, PayPal runs off of regular money. This is like this is an actual separate currency. So, like, I can log into some sort of website. Mm and take money out of my bank account and transfer it and have it convert over to this bitcoin currency and like and pay with things you know in bitcoins <laughs> but uh... the thing is so for a while the conversion rate was like you know maybe eight dollars equaled one bitcoin mm. like eight american dollars equaled one bitcoin so now People started like investing in this thing, and it just got so out of control that it was like it was like forty U.S. dollars equaled one Bitcoin. 
Well, and apparently now the uh, the senators are, are looking to uh, to investigate them. I mean, it it just doesn't make sense to me. It's some kind of scam. But people were actually investing in this idiotic thing. Well, that's that's just the hedge fund people who just they just put money in everything. It's just it's that's why it's called a hedge. I don't get you it. Hedge, hedge your bets. Your bets. <laughs> hedge. Sonic the Hedgehog. Starring uh who? Jaleel White. Yes. Did he sound like Urkel on that show? I don't remember. Uh yeah, he probably sounded Urkel esque. Uh, all right, so before we forget, let's get to a couple of the celebrity deaths. Call 911! Uh, <laughs> I knew you were going to say him first. I have to. Jeff Conaway. Call 911! Nobody did. And he died. Well, no, it's not like he died. <laughs> He was born October 5th, 1950. He died May 27th, 2011. 60 years old. He died of drugs. <laughs> Drug abuse. Prescription. Well, Prescription. he played Bobby on the TV show Taxi. Mm. And he was also Kenicky in the movie uh, with John Travolta, Grease. Yes. And, of course, he was on Celebrity Rehab with Gary Busey and Dr. Drew and some guy from Guns N' Roses. But, you know, what's strange is that uh, Dr. Drew kept saying, you know, Jeff Conway is this gentle soul. He's such a nice guy. But I thought on that show that he wound up, he kept, like, beating up his girlfriend. Yeah, the weird. Well, we talked about this in uh, uh, what was it, episode one hundred sixteen, and this guy was all hunched over. He, he was at the time he was in his late fifties, but he was it was as if he was like a ninety year old guy. He was all hunched over. He couldn't walk without a cane. He had to go really slow. But then, for some reason, his girlfriend would come around, and he would like throw the cane away and start, like, jump-kicking her in the chest. <laughs> like, how is he doing that? Well, you know, I think he, um... He, he definitely has he had a back problem. Yeah. But, um, the, the biggest problem was he, he took such a ridiculous amount of these um, prescription painkillers that he eventually, it literally eventually, like whittled him away to nothing you know like um yeah uh osteoporosis or something for like a really old person well and and so on this show celebrity rehab with dr drew which doesn't work it doesn't it never seems to work no it doesn't work but it's <laughs> i think gary i think gary Busey became even more insane <laughs> after he was done with that show i only ever watched that one season and it was hilarious because Gary Busey was, of course, going crazy. Yeah. All these people were just acting stupid. And then Jeff Conaway, <laughs> who I hadn't seen in years, all of a sudden he's like this shriveled up 90-year-old guy. 
and of course he's there to uh you know get off drugs and every episode he's like give me drugs like what no get out of here i'm not gonna give you drugs what let me out of here call 911 call 911 and dr drew's like call 911 for what call 911 it's like it was hilarious every episode well the funny the funniest had to be i remember you saying this they asked the girlfriend and they're like well you know what is he like at home and she's like she's like he just keeps wanting to call 911 <laughs> yeah he keeps calling 911 <laughs> for everything yeah, and then we were like joking about it. Like, there's no milk on the milk in the refrigerator. Call nine one one. Yeah, actually, we talked about it in episode one hundred seventeen as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jeff Conway. Yeah, so this is another guy that we. You know, remember we used to talk about this years ago that we would, we would, we kept like putting the paunch, you know, paunch luck or the paunch jinx. Yeah. Paunching these people, and and they, you know, they kept dying. Everyone we mentioned dead. That is another one. Especially the people that you imitate. Oh, yeah. yeah. Randy Savage, Jeff Conway, um, what's his name? Billy Mays. Is <laughs> Let dead. me tell you something. You, I'm going to make you call 911. Yeah. yeah. Billy Mays is dead. Billy Mays here. <laughs> we have harnessed the power of oranges. Yeah. Forget who that was. It looked seemed like there well, was constantly Michael Jackson. Oh, of course, Michael Jackson's dead. That's ignorant. All the people I, that you can imitate. I love children. Are dead. Children are beautiful. That's ignorant. And yet somehow Louis Anderson's still alive. Louis Anderson, hot dogs, uh, and Stan Lee. Yeah, it's me! I'm Invincible Man! And Dr. Drew. Uh, I mean, Dr. Phil. <laughs> what you gotta do... You have to put out two albums a year like me. Alright, so... You know, Jeff Conway. <laughs> nine one one, And then Jack Kevorkian died. Yes, Dr. Death. He was born May 26, 1928. He died June 3rd, 2011. He was 83 years old. He was known as Dr. Death and the Suicide Doctor. Mm. Kevorkian. Well, look, for those listeners who don't know, Jack Kevorkian was this old guy who helped old people who were sick and, and you know, pretty much dying anyway. They just wanted to get yeah. it over with. He helped them die. There was a lot of people who had, um, uh, what do they call them? Terminal illnesses? No, they, it wasn't just that. It was a lot of people who had like Lou Gehrig's disease, which is, is terminal, but it's it's not like cancer or something. It's, um, uh, what do they call that? It's like a, a, a some kind of like motion disease or something. The brain. Chronic illness. No. What chronic illness? So if you had, if you kept getting, if you keep getting a cold, and working is going to come and give you a suicide. No. 
No, a chronic illness is something that you just have to live with the rest of your life that doesn't go away. Yeah, but that's that's not what this is. Anyway, well, degenerative, I guess. It's, degener- it's kind of yeah, degenerative. Degenerative right. disease. Anyway, so he's dead. Well, it was very controversial. Yes, and uh, and Al Pacino had played him in that HBO movie, and <laughs> you so don't people, know Jack Hoopa. <laughs> people were really into it, but <laughs> I thought he was really ridiculous. I, I can't take him serious. Let me buy you a pack of gum. I'll show you how to chew it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hoo-ha! <laughs> I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> uh, I'm a fan of man. <laughs> All right, so um, gotten through that. Now, I guess the next thing I was going to mention briefly was uh, E3 happened a few weeks ago. E3. The entertain no, the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Yeah. So, uh, it, really, there wasn't much there. It was a very, you know, kind of awkward uh, E3, I heard. It didn't seem like anything really... Of any note was really uh, talked about, except for this uh, next generation Nintendo Wii, which supposedly, and they showed the prototype, features this controller, which is like essentially a small etch a sketch. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's what it looks like. No, it's it's. Uh, I would say it's more like an iPad. So they're calling it the Wii U. Well, it's cool because, you know, it, it, it's the Etch-A-Sketch. You have the two knobs on the side, and you can draw, like, you know, stairs and stuff. And it's called the Wii U because whenever you finish, you have to turn it upside down, U, upside down, and shake it to erase the screen. This, this is very advanced technology. And um, I'm sure that this is going to win them the video game war. <laughs> a Look, 21st century Etch-A-Sketch. Are they, come on, are they really serious with this thing? Come on. On one hand, I appreciate that Nintendo goes out on a limb. It tries something different. On the other hand, the name, they, they have to change that name. They have to. That name is terrible. Well, it's, forget about the name you? for a second. <laughs> That's stupid. Well, what did you want them to call it? They call Wii it anything. They call it the Wii 2, the Wii Ultra, the, the Super Wii. What is Wii U? That's nothing. That's stupid. I don't know what it is. Is it like some kind of university? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's so dumb. Come on. Change that name. Number one, change that name. All right, but the function, basically, it looks like the functionality of this thing is it's handheld, but it's it's... It's big. Yeah, it you know, is big. It's big. It's not as big as an iPad. It's well, it about has half, a, looks about a, half the size of that. An iPad is a 10-inch screen. The, the Wii U controller has a 6.2-inch screen. <laughs> God. Yeah, and it has the buttons to the, each side of it. Now, when I saw this thing, I thought that it was a joke because it <laughs> looked like... If you go to all, if you look on all these websites, especially that that Ben Heck, yeah. uh, uh, site, you know, there's all these people around the world who, you know, these kids, guys who, um, who 
create their own like handheld systems. Like they'll take a Super Nintendo board or something and they'll like concoct it into a handheld Super Nintendo. And right. a lot of them, huh? Right. And a lot of them will make their own plastic mold and and paint it and everything. So it looks like like an official device, like you know, an actual retail device even though it's a one of a kind. And that's what this thing looked like to me. <laughs> and so I'm just I'm looking at this thing, and immediately my thought is, are they really... Because what happened was they announced this thing, and they showed it at E3, and the next day, the Nintendo stock, like, fell off a cliff. Like, it just went down, like, precipitously dropped. Because, you know, all the stock traders were like, what the hell is this thing? (laughs) They want people to buy this thing? Well, I'm glad I don't own any Nintendo stock. Well, I mean, I mean, it looks it's almost the problem is here's the problem. Nintendo, first of all, they announced the thing, right? Yeah. They showed the prototype. They gave almost no features of what this thing was going to do at all. Well, and they wound up playing footage for this and for the quote new system itself. They showed footage of what the next generation games would look like. The games were third-party games, not Nintendo games. There were third-party games from the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3. I know, but to be fair... Look, they should not have unveiled this at all. It it just—it was too early. It's not ready, obviously. I hope they changed the name... The controller could look a little different. You know, who knows? It's it's too early. But to be fair... I mean, it's too early. They're coming out with it next year. I know, but, you know, show it at E3 next year. What are you going to show it at no, E3 this year? For? No, they, they don't do that. Anyway, my point is, I look at this not really as, like, some kind of big unveiling and, and uh, whatever, but I look at it more of, like... Here's a little peek into our laboratory. This is what we're working on. Here's a little teaser. Yeah, I know that, but that's not what this was. This is like, this is what they're actually going to make, according to them. I know, but this wasn't like, here's all the specs, and here's the huge lineup of games. It it was like, hey, everyone, here's a little tease of what we have up our sleeve next year. I know. And then the other thing was... But, But that said, you're right. Obviously, if you're going to unveil uh, unveil something like this, to me, I feel like you got to... It has to be huge. You can't just give a little tease. It has yeah. to be something huge. No. Oh, and the other thing is... Um, apparently... Now, I swear to God that I think Nintendo actually admitted this. You can only use one of these at a time on your system. As of right now, yes. <laughs> but, again, to be fair, that could change ah, by the time it launches. Ah. They they might rethink that strategy. Basically, what they're trying I to do is... I hope they rethink that strategy. They're trying to compete against the smartphones and the iPads that have all of these downloadable, cheap, you know... What do they call them? WiiWare games that they have anyway. These, like, mini-game yeah. stuff. Very simplistic games that are cheap. And that's what they're trying to compete against. But the problem is, this thing is not a phone. 
I know. It's not an iPad. Well, we'll just have to wait and see another year and see what happens. Foolish. All right, so we're we're not going to have a couple of movie reviews. We've actually seen some recently in theater movies. Can't believe it. So, we uh we both actually saw a film in the movie theaters together. It was a science fiction film. It was uh, Super 8. I, uh, it's, JJ... it's Super 8! No. He didn't do anything super. <laughs> he would have been sued. It's a Super 8 by J.J. Uh, Abrams. He can fight up to eight evildoers at once! How does he do that? He clones himself eight times. That's why he's super eight. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. So, yeah, super eight. J.J. Uh, Abrams, the uh, director of uh, the Mission Impossible, uh, uh, some of those movies, and uh, Star Trek, and uh, uh, some other stuff. Cloverfield, was he the director of that? Or was he just Unfortunately. <laughs> well, let me just say that I'm pleased, I was v- very much pleased that this movie had really nothing to do with Cloverfield. <laughs> well, yeah. Surprisingly, and again, I was very pleased about this, but surprisingly, I, I don't remember any shaky cam. No, there was no shaky cam. Finally. But there were lens flares. Yeah, there were some weird blue lens flares. Whatever, it didn't bother me. Yeah. So, alright, so Super 8, uh, and and again, these are spoilers. The movie takes place in 1980. Or no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 1979. Yes. In Ohio. And I was able to figure that out based on the soundtrack. How were you able to figure that out? Because they were playing My Sharona, they were playing uh, Heart of Glass by Blondie, they were, songs that were popular, you know, they yeah, came they, out in 1979. Yeah, but that could have been later on. Yeah, but also the clothing and the hairstyles and the toys and the boys' bedrooms. It also said 1979 when the movie started. Oh, it did? Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, well then I'm an idiot <laughs> really oh boy wasting right, your time on that but no the funny thing was um, you know J.J. Abrams was a Star Wars fan and there was a couple of like small nods to Star Wars well there were Star Wars uh, you know toys and posters in the boys bedrooms yeah but if you look at the poster I was observing the poster it was, it was hidden in the background and it said Star Wars, but it didn't have any of the, like, Star Wars font or anything like that. So, you know, they would have been sued by you-know-who. My mate, George Lucas, yeah. Yeah. and Star Wars droid. Although they did have a model, like, the little kid that was the main star of the film, he was a, he used to, play, he created models and painted them, and he had a, a TIE fighter. Actually, a TIE bomber, I should say. Ah. Um, which is, is actually... Um, I'm trying to think here. That may have actually been 
historically inaccurate. Uh, give me one second here. One second. They've been. Uh, you mean because a movie that a Thai bomber appeared in hadn't been released yet? Uh, technically, uh, yes. Uh, the Thai yes, bomber yes, you showed uh, in this episode was not. Yes. Uh... Yeah, I was right. The Empire Strikes Back introduced the Thai bomber. So that was an uh, that was an anachronism. Uh, though it may have been a Tie Fighter, I really I couldn't tell. I thought when I saw it, it looked like a Tie Bomber. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. So here was the the basically go through the plot very quickly. But basically, it's the you know these kids, and and I'll just start by saying that the a lot some of the criticism for the movie, yeah. Um, from some of the critics was that J.J. Abrams um, did a lot of rip-offs in this movie. Like Michael Bay did with the Transformers? What, what did he rip off in the Transformers? Well, remember when we did our review, it's like oh, he ripped he... off Alien, he ripped off Predator, he ripped yeah, off right. uh, Jaws, he ripped off... Yeah, I know, but that, that movie was garbage. So what basically what you have is, and I think you know a lot of people criticized him and said, "Well, this this movie doesn't hasn't this movie doesn't do anything that a science fiction movie has hasn't done before, and even more to the fact that it it's he's actually repeating what was done in several different science fiction movies of that era, in fact." You know, yes, that is true. Close Encounters to E.T. Many, many of them were, were essentially Spielberg movies. Well, who, um, I mean, who produced the movie? Steven Spielberg. Yes. Yes. He probably made him do those things. No. Um, so the, there was a lot of that stuff in there. And they, you know, people criticized him for it. But in reality, what he was really trying to do, I think, with this movie is he's saying, look, I'm going to make a movie... That was about, you know, a bunch of like, you know, 13-year-old kids or whatever in 1979. And this, you know, this this adventure and this this thing that happens to them. Because that's, I think, what his age was at the time. Um, yes, yeah, he was 13 in 1979. So, and, and I think he said that, you know, the movie is based on his experiences... And with aliens? No, obviously not with aliens. Oh. Um, aliens! You know, yes. His his experiences, you know, at that time, you know, as a kid. So, you know, that, that you know, I, I think that that was, you know, interesting. And, and that's what he was trying to do. So he was, and he was someone who was obviously greatly affected by these Spielberg movies. You right. Know, the, the Jaws and and the Close Encounters and E.T. Although E.T. came out later than this movie, obviously, but uh, in '79, but you know it was it impacted him, and you know that's what he wanted to do. He he said, "Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a movie that that brings you back to that time." In in even though this is a twenty, you know, it's 2011, and I'm using 2011, you know, technology and all that kind of stuff. But I wanted to. I want you to have the feel 
of one of those those movies, which are now essentially classic movies. Well, here's my thing with that. Here, here's my response to that. When the critics are comparing uh, Super 8 to E.T., mm. and what you're saying is I want to make a classic movie along those lines, I'm saying that E.T., I mean, yeah, it had a couple of things in common with E.T. I, I, I really wouldn't compare it to E.T., but no. E.T., I consider a family movie. Yeah. Super 8, even though it revolves around children, it has a couple of similarities to E.T., I would not classify Super 8 as a family movie. Why not? Because E.T. was more lighthearted and heartwarming. What? E.T. E. was a heartwarming family movie. Wait a minute, you're not, you're not telling, you don't want to, you're not, you're not going to admit that when you were a little kid and you saw E.T. that you weren't like scared to death of the guys coming into the house in the spacesuits and E.T. almost dying and all this crazy stuff. Well, that it was. no effect on you. Yes, it affected me, but it wasn't scary like in a shocking way. It was it was scary like in a dramatic way. Well, neither was this. Yeah, but this the alien was designed to be more scary looking, and oh. the sh and and like the train crashing was meant to be scary. And I just I, yeah. I feel like E. T. is a more heartwarming family movie. Super Eight is a more like more of like a teenager and adult like right like sci-fi action movie i wouldn't say it's a heartwarming family movie like et right yeah i guess so but again they weren't intending it to be a you know a, a remake of et oh and by the way you're right abrams and spielberg collaborated <laughs> it's a i'm on wikipedia it says they collaborated in a storytelling uh, a storytelling committee to come up with the story for the film See? Yeah. So, yeah, that was all, uh, I guess, part and parcel. But, um, yeah, so basically what happens in the movie is it's a bunch of kids, and they're all kind of goofballs. And in actuality, they're they're making a zombie movie because apparently they had, obviously they had seen um, s several of the uh, George... Uh, Romero, uh, uh, you know, Night of the Living Dead uh, zombie movies. And that's kind of what they were they were doing. And, um, you know, well, they were doing... But, but like a home movie. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, they were entered into some filmmaking competition and they were using a Super 8 camera and... Um, which is, a, by the way, an 8mm camera. And a tape recorder. Uh, was that what they did, or, or or did the well? I don't know. Did it eight? may have been sound super eight at that point. Super eight had sound at that point. Oh, it did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you had to get the special film that had the. It was. It looked like film, and then on the side of the film, it was almost. It was. It was like stuck on there. There was this extra like, um, you know, piece that was wound in there, uh, and it was actually it was an audio. It was actually for the audio. Okay. So as the the image was getting put on the on the video piece, the audio would get written onto this this section. Oh, the the magnetic tape. Right. Strip. 
Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's what they would do. So that's so they were doing that, and then this train crashes, and um, the train crash. Aside from the end of the movie, the train crash was and, and the alien itself, but the train crash was really the only other part of the movie that was, I would say, heavily CGI. Yeah. And it it still looked, you know, real. I thought that it looked realer in, um, let's say, the train crash in The Fugitive with Harrison Ford. But, you know, it, it, obviously it was this was a lot cheaper than crashing an actual train. <laughs> well, it, it looked more real in The Fugitive because it was real. Uh, no, that was mostly models that they crashed. Yeah, but models are still real. Although they did have the one part where they did... Like quote quote unquote, cra- they had this train car sliding off the track, like <laughs> twenty feet behind Harrison Ford, and you see him running. I'm like, uh, wait a minute, this isn't very safe for Harrison Ford. <laughs> Freaking train running after him, but whatever. So, uh, so that, yeah, this is that, and then uh, basically what happens is, well. This school teacher that the kids had crashed into the train with his truck. And um, this is one of the other um, complaints a lot of people had was that the story and a lot of what happened in the movie was absurd. <laughs> uh, one of which glaring things was this guy. This is a freight train, by the way. Now, a freight train is not going as fast as, say, a passenger train. Um but this guy takes his pickup truck and drives head-on into the freight train. And is still alive. Well, the thing that... the 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 When I saw that scene, the question that came to mind is... How come in other movies or film footage or whatever... It's like if a train plows into a car or a little pickup truck or whatever... It just keeps moving along with the truck in front of it, or the car in front of it. It doesn't derail. Yeah, it doesn't cause, like, you know, like a a 50-acre explosion, like an atom bomb went off. Well, I think that was, well, I I think what the reason for that would have been for a derailment. A A freight train is very difficult to derail because it goes very slow normally. Right. But I think what they were saying, what would happen with this one was it was going very fast. Oh. So if it's going very fast, there's more of a chance for being derailed. But that also means that it's going so fast. How does this guy survive colliding with a freight train going 100 miles an hour? Exactly. It's not possible. <laughs> so that that was kind of ridiculous. Um. So that happened. And then, you know. From then on, there was the next scenes were all these different scenes in which um, the alien creature was attacking people, but you never saw it. So it was kind of this Jaws thing. Yeah, it was like the classic, uh, you know, yeah. you don't reveal the the villain or the creature, monster. Yeah, yeah the creature. The because so, it's more yeah. scary. Yeah, so that was happening. And I gotta admit, there was a couple times where I jumped out of the seat. Yeah, it was it was done to good effect. So basically, this 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 teacher was this actually a scientist um, who had worked with the alien that had they had captured, and they were torturing the you know the army was torturing the alien and made the alien very mad. 
And the alien was capable of some kind of a telepathy or something. Telepathy. And um, so that was going on. And then so what happened with these kids were shooting this movie. And then there was the four four or five boys and, and the one girl. And one of the kids liked the girl. But the problem was the girl's father was a drunk. And the father didn't show up to work at this plant. And then the guy, the kid, his, the boy's mother worked at the plant. She had to take his shift instead, and she got killed in an accident. And the boy's father was the, the deputy sheriff, and he was very angry. Right. <laughs> so, that, you know, that was all kind of going on. And, and it was some goofy stuff, too. You know, like the stupid uh, sheriff who, you know, got basically got killed, like, twice by the alien because he was an idiot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, and then there was the typical, you know, the military guy was this ruthless guy and, you know, uh, uh, betrayed everybody. And so that was going on. And, um, and then there was the stoner guy. Oh, yeah. Who was funny. You know, so there was a lot of funny parts and the heartwarming parts and, you know, and all that. And um, I thought even though it lacked originality... Yeah, it was still enjoyable and it was well yeah. done. I thought it was really well done, and and you know, I really like the fact that you know it was a movie that I think has a lot of rewatch value. And obviously, this movie, it, even though it's in it, it has pieces of movies like Jaws or Close Encounters or ET or somebody was saying Stand by Me or something like that or Stand by Lee. Yeah. <laughs> Not Stand By Lee, no. Um, so, you know, I had a lot of that, those aspects. The Goonies. Uh, you know, people were saying, I don't really think it had anything to do with the Goonies. Well, it was a group of uh, you know, children or teenagers. They were going yeah. on this nah. somewhat adventurous... Nah, it was more like Stand By Me in that sense. All right. Which wasn't a Spielberg movie, but just saying. Um... So that, that, or you could even say the explore. Remember the explorers? Oh yes, Ethan Hawke. Terrible. And River Phoenix. Yeah, who was also in the Stand yeah. By Me. Yeah, so you know it, it. But again, it was done sort of like in homage to that yes. era of movie. Yes. And so, all right, and, and so that, and you know, there was a lot of the period the movie. Uh, I mean music and the cars and all that stuff was cool and you know it looked like 1979 yeah which i always give the filmmakers credit for that they kind of go all out yeah the cars the hairdos the toy like i said the toys the furniture the everything it was very very well done all right so now this alien so at the end they reveal this alien it's this big giant you know spider looking guy yeah and my thing with that is, and here's the thing I never, I always can't understand about that when they, they show these, it's the same thing with Independence Day, was these kind of like big spider looking guys. How, I understand these, these aliens have telepathy, but they don't have any fingers. How do they create these, these technology without fingers? I don't know. <laughs> but my other question about the telepathy is, Obviously, the alien doesn't speak English, so when it picks up the boy or or the the you know the teacher, 
how is it how is it communicating with them? well you got to think if it's that's if it's that intelligent a life form it must have learned english but if it were that intelligent of a life form why would it look like a spider well i i don't know i mean that's well they did look they're just making it look scary i mean that's that was the whole thing yeah i guess and then the things the spaceship was made up of these little cubes that were like this kind of like shape-shifting thing or something like that. Very strange. Yeah, it looked like it was made out of white Rubik's Cubes. Yes. <laughs> it's the AllSpark. Oh, God. Bumblebee, did... get me the AllSpark. No. So, um, yeah, so that was that. And then uh, at the end, what a lot of people were kind of, you know, miffed about was at the end, this alien who has been killing people and eating them yeah. and doing all this other destruction is very angry all of a sudden, you know, the kid, like, tells him, hey, why don't you just go home? Right. And his stupid alien, well, the thing was the alien was trying to build this kind of, uh, this electromagnetic thing that would activate these these cubes. And that's why it had stolen all the microwave ovens and all that stuff. And so it was able to activate it, get the power, and then this electromagnetic thing, and then it, it, the spaceship formed itself from these cubes, and it flew away. The end. Yes, the end. And <laughs> I think what people were kind of annoyed about was that, wait a minute, this alien is a nasty son of a gun. And at the end, you know, the kids and they're all acting like this is some, you know, like some good guy. That Hey, hey, there he goes. And well, some people were joking that, well, wait a minute. If he's that pissed off with us and he just, he just let him leave... He's going to come back with an armada. <laughs> That's right. See, those Which, th those children were very stupid. Yes. So maybe that really, this movie actually was a prequel to Independence Day. <laughs> and so what Judd Hirsch was saying in the movie was right. You knew uh, then. You, you knew then. Aliens crash landed in Roswell. Roswell, New Mexico. You knew then. I knew they nothing. That's right. You really think they spend $20,000 on a toilet seat, $30,000 on a hammer, do you? <laughs> so on the scale from one, two, or three, what do you well, give you, it? You, that's your scale. I, I, I don't limit myself to a three-point scale. All right, so what's your scale? I don't have a scale. I I thought, my I'm, just, I'm not that simplistic. I thought it was very good. I liked it a lot. I would not consider it a, you know, upper echelon science fiction movie. But I think that kids who would have gone out and seen that today, I think that they will take this movie and they will they will treasure perhaps this movie as, say, someone like I did treasured, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Was Indiana Jones. No, well, Indiana Jones had already come out, you know, at that point. But you know, obviously, it wasn't that good. I'm trying to think, what what movie came out like around that? In the, the Last Starfighter. That was terrible. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know what I mean? You know, it's that. You know, although this movie will kind of have the a lasting effect on them. Yeah. Essentially. And what's your uh, scaling there? Uh, yeah, look, again, it lacked originality. 
it borrowed heavily from other movies and whatever, but it was still enjoyable. It had flaws. It was still enjoyable. It entertained me. I I would say I'd give it a three. All right. Now it, it was worth it. Yes. A three means it was worth it. Now what I found ridiculous is, and here's crazy. Now again, this movie did not. I don't believe that this movie uh, was in a tremendous amount of theaters. No. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, but uh, right now, the movie, after it's been out now, uh, I don't know, about 10 days, it costs $50 million, and it's made about $95 million gross worldwide. So that's good. Well, it, it is, but... You know, at the same time, just as a, a, a quick, quick uh, uh, comparison here, now, I didn't, I didn't, we didn't, I didn't see this movie. I'm not going to review it, and I won't see it for a while because I don't care. Um, X Men First Class, which has been out about three weeks. Uh, X Men First Class, which cost between 140 and 160 million, has made about 282 million. I'm rich man. He didn't even have a cameo in that movie. Wait, he did or didn't? No, he did not. <laughs> so, um, I just thought, I, again, I, it doesn't seem like a lot of people have gone and seen this thing. Well, you know, it's it, 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 it could be one of those movies that slowly builds up over time. Yeah, well, that, that'll be in some kind of DVD sales. Now, here's the last thing I'm, I'm going to say about this movie. J.J. Abrams, right? Um, one of the... I, I think people are, like, starting to... You know, some people are kind of uh, uh, making fun of him a little bit with saying that in terms of films, that he's kind of become this guy now who has become really good at, quote, reimagining things. I thought you were going to say lens flares. No, whatever. But, you know, reimagining things, remaking things, and he's just not very good at all at originality. Well, he's good at the homage. I know, but I mean... He's good you know, at homage. But what does that mean, though? Like, if you're a director, aren't you supposed to be trying to do, like, your original things? The directors always want to do original things. Some people. Most of them. And, I mean, he's not just writing. He's also writing these things. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, you know, at some point, don't you kind of do something original? I don't know. I mean, he did create Lost. Yeah. But I think um, I, he he did, he really didn't do have much to do with that show after they created it. It was mostly the other two guys, Cuse and uh, Lindelhoff, who... You know, really did that show. Anyway. Have you seen MTV, which I don't watch, by the way, but MTV T is coming out with a live-action TV series of Teen Wolf. It's already out. Why, though? Well, here's the thing. 
Well, because everything now is a vampire or werewolf thing. And they're just trying to, like, rip off what, you know, the other, you know, the other television networks and the movies are doing with that stuff. But supposedly it's serious. It is. Yes, it is. It's not, it's not humorous. Funny. No. No. Well, that's yeah. stupid. I know. Come but, on. But, yeah, but who's who is going to be watching that that show? Stupid people. I know, but it's 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 going to be 13, 14-year-old girls. All right. So the other movie uh, that we each saw separately was the infamous The Hangover 2. Part 2. Yeah. Um, now, I, now, you have actually seen the first Hangover, which surprised me. Uh, yeah, I've seen both. So, well, obviously, you've seen the second one. <laughs> so, um, now, I like the first one a lot. It was okay. I thought it was really funny, and I every time I see it, like on on TV, I'll watch it. Yeah, it was funny. And so I, you know, I really liked that one, and it had a lot of like, um, you know, cameos that were funny and different, like, you know, comedic actors uh, and little bit parts that were funny, you know, in the whole nine yards. So, here comes the Hangover Two. And basically what they did was they essentially chose to have the same exact plot. <laughs> right. But they were changed different things, which is fine. You know, that's usually what people, what they do with these comedy sequels. Well, the same premise. Yeah, I mean, that was what they did with Home Alone and right. Vacation Movies and... Friday the 13th. Was not That was not a comedy. No, but the same premise. Uh, right. So anyway, uh, yeah, but those were different plots. Uh, all right, I mean, this, all was, right, right. this was basically the same, you know, outline. All right. All right, so Hangover 2. So basically this time, the guy Stu, this Ed Helms character, who's the kind of, you know, kind of conservative, you know, nerdy dentist guy, uh, is getting married to this girl who is a, a Thai and they're getting married in Thailand. Yeah. And so uh, the other three guys, in one way or another, uh, from the bachelor party from the first movie, wind up going to Thailand. And then, um, you know, the father-in-law does not like him. And uh, they, this, you know, whatever. And then basically, once again, they're, they, they, they all fall asleep and they wake <laughs> up. In, like, the middle of Bangkok in this slummy hotel and don't know what's happened. Yep. And then hijinks ensue. And uh, the, the, the bride, her brother, her young brother, gets lost. They can't find him. They have to go looking for him. And um, they're just drug dealers after them. And then there's these other... Oh, and then they had the guy Chu, Chow, I'm sorry, Chow, who is this comedian, Ken Jeong from the first movie he comes there and he's like a gangster and then this you know Paul Giamatti plays this character where he's actually this undercover uh, agent and he's trying to catch him and they catch him and it's just a lot of crazy things happening and then eventually all is well basically 
here's what I didn't understand. So the uh, you know Ed Helms's characters, uh, you know his his future wife, like you said, the younger brother. The father is very proud of him. He's a master cellist. And he's going to be going to school to become a surgeon. Obviously, he's very smart. Obviously, yeah. he's very good with his hands. Get to the point. So the point is, spoiler alert, that they end up losing him. Yes. And then at the end of the movie, when they finally find him, he's missing a finger. <laughs> One of his fingers got what? chopped off. Well, yeah, that's what happened in the beginning of the movie. So, they found a finger. Yeah. But it, it, it was his. And then they gave it to a monkey. But the thing is, when they finally found him and yeah. woke him up, he's just like, oh, hey, I'm missing a finger. Hey, <laughs> let's no, go like, hang out. He's like, hey, you, you guys know what happened to my finger? Oh, yeah, we gave it to a cigarette-smoking monkey. Oh, okay. It wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, my God, my dad's going to kill me. I, I, what about my future, my career? I'm yeah. freaking out. It, it was just like, oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, all right. Unless uh, a finger. Yeah, you know, it's, it happens all the time. People lose fingers. It happens. Well, that was that was ridiculous. That made no sense. And then the part with the transvestite, <laughs> which was disgusting. <laughs> yes. Absolutely disgusting. That wasn't even funny. Well, here's my thing. So, you know, he had uh, <laughs> with this. Uh, <laughs> man who was dressed up as a woman yes in thailand who obviously you know some kind of a prostitute or whatever yes and then he marries this woman he you know he doesn't get blood tests <laughs> he doesn't get checked for diseases or anything he's just like eh, oh well you know it yeah. happened okay we're married now let's go uh you know <laughs> live our lives <laughs> well again it's a comedy but it, that was just it was disgusting and absurd. I just, and, to me, it felt like, you know, throughout the movie, even though it was a rehash, yeah. it was silly, it was funny, it was goofy, it was over the top, I was enjoying it. And then I felt like the writers kind of panicked and they're like, oh, wait, how are we going to end this? Well, and then they have a cameo of Mike Tyson singing. <laughs> Horribly. And it's horrible. <laughs> it was awful but i just felt like at the end the writers were like all right we really have to end this thing uh okay all of a sudden the dad likes ed helms and <laughs> this this thing reminded me of that horrendous woody allen mess casino royale garbage <laughs> oh my god with like eight different directors and peter sellers and yeah. It was Here's like but look, but it was enjoyable up until the end where it was just like, okay, the dad likes Ed Helms, the boy doesn't care about his missing finger, the end. It's like, what well, wait a minute. Well, what? Wait, what do you mean the I, end? Actually, actually I lost I begin to lose interest in the movie very early. Yeah. The beginning of the movie was funny. Like they they go to the guy Allen's house of Zach Galifianakis. And he acts like a jerk to the parents, which was funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, what was funny is they walk into the room, and all over his room were all the pictures from the camera from the first one that he they were supposed to destroy. 
Right. <laughs> and they're like, wait a minute, you're supposed to destroy the evidence, Alan. What, what, the, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, he saved it. <laughs> it's hilarious. And uh, then it was actually, it was funny that the gangster, the, the guy Chow from the first movie, that apparently this guy Alan has been like hanging out with them. I thought that was funny. Yeah, there, there were funny parts. And wait, so then, but then the problem is he gets up and gives this speech at this dinner, which made no sense. <sighs> it was not funny at all. And then, I, I don't know, like the, 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 the angry father, like he was trying to do that, like Robert De Niro, like meet the Fockers yeah, type meet, of father. And it just meet the parents, meet the Fockers. That's the second one. No, no, I know. I'm just saying. Whatever. So he, uh, it just, it just didn't work at all, <laughs> and that didn't work at all. And then, oh, what the heck else have? Oh, and then like at the end there, when they have no idea where the brother is, and they're just like ready to call, call, call it quits to everything. The guy Stu has this like flashbacks. And all of a sudden, he puts two or two together that that the kid is in the elevator. Right, this whole time. <laughs> it makes no sense. I know, but that's what I'm saying. When it came to... Look, the writers knew how to make a gross, goofy movie, but they had no idea how to end it. No. And it Obviously. was one of these Billy Joel songs. I... They like Billy Joel, I guess. I don't know. Oh, and the really, you know, really stupid part was, you know, the tattoo artist, Itch Piano Man. No, you know the tattoo artist. He in... chokes the evil doers with piano strings. <laughs> yeah, the tattoo artist. So that was played by Nick Cassavetes, who is you know, mostly a director. You know, from the famous Cassavetes family. John okay. Cassavetes was a famous actor. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, so the thing is, all right, here's what happened. He get, that was the role that was supposed to originally be Mel Gibson. Wow. You know, because hey, you know, hey, this is you know kind of funny seeing Mel Gibson. It would have been funny to see Mel Gibson as this crazy, you know, tattoo artist. <laughs> yeah. But the problem is that. You know, I guess Galifianakis and some other people on the set complained because he, you know, Mel Gibson hated and made fun of, you know, was saying old things about the, the Jews and stuff. So they they wouldn't let him do the part. Well, the problem is Mel Gibson wouldn't be playing a crazy tattoo guy. He, he is crazy. I know, but that's would have been funny. <laughs> so they they offer the part to Liam Neeson. Hmm. And he was going to do it, but then he backed out of it. And so then they had this guy, who I guarantee you 99% of a movie-going audience had no idea who this guy was. I had no idea who he was. When I first saw him, I thought it was Peter Fonda. But then I realized later that it was... It was I, I realized who, who they said it was, but I'm like, who is this guy? I'm like, I know he's like some like wild man or something, but all I remember is he was he was on Entourage for a couple episodes. I didn't know, you know who, who it was. Who cares? Yeah, I didn't know who so, it was. Yeah, so that was real. That was really stupid. And I it just it was it was very gross. And I just 
I felt really uncomfortable watching the movie and and going through the movie. And while the first one has, like I said, is a lot of rewatch value for me, this one has none. Like I I don't want to see this movie ever again. Well, there's no reason to. It's it's two Stunk. hours of silliness, and then you're done. Yeah, I know, but it's, yeah, but I, there's even those movies I I find funny time after time. Well, this, this is not one of those. No, I I just I didn't think this was very good at all. Well, and on, I don't. What were the review? I think the reviews were not good. On the Paunch Stevenson show scale, from one to three, I'd put it in the middle. I'd say it's a two. No, that's a one. I say, if you're into, again, the gross, goofy, raunchy comedies... I, I don't agree, no. I don't even think it was funny for that. No, I laughed. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I, I, I maybe I laughed four or five times. It was mostly at the beginning. I don't know. I, I'm giving it a two. It might, way, it might be worth it to some people, and it might not be worth it to some people. Yeah. And the other ridiculous thing is, since when does muscle relaxants and ADHD medication, you know, turn you into a nutcase? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, both of those, both of those medications are sedatives. Well, who took those? That's what the idiot, he spiked their uh, beers with it. Or the, the marshmallows. Oh, yeah, the marshmallow. <laughs> you know, it's I like... I don't know. <sighs> that made no sense. <laughs> on, the, on the Rotten Tomatoes, um, the average score is only a 35% yeah. freshness. So it did, did not score did not score well at all. Come on, what is with these... <laughs> the heck's going on out there? I hate these idiots who feel like they can just drive around in the middle of the night on motorcycles with no mufflers. Well, motorcycles don't have mufflers. But you know what I mean, like the really purposely yeah. loud motorcycle. It's like, just grow up. Anyway. Yeah, so... Oh, so uh, do you know what the premise is of the third one? No, I don't. Don't tell me they're in a space station. Well, space shuttle. <laughs> they can't. They're, the space shuttle's been done away with. You're not going to fool me with that. No, actually, it takes place in a mental institution. You know, that's probably fitting. Well, that's... Supposedly, that's the leaked premise of part three. <laughs> okay. Anyway. I don't know how you wind up in a mental institution for a bachelor party, but <laughs> whatever. I, I mean, they say so. I mean, there's only one guy, guy left that could even get married, right? This is stupid Alan. <laughs> that would be Galifianakis. I don't know. I, I, I just, I wasn't. I, um, I was very disappointed in it. Very disappointed. Did you see that? Well, you know how they. Um... You know, nowadays Hollywood is constantly remaking everything. Yeah. Nothing original. So, uh, <clears throat> supposedly there's a, a remake of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang coming out. <laughs> God. Starring George Lopez. Oh, no. Instead of uh, D uh, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. 
I, I don't even want to consider it. Could you imagine him doing a British accent? He's not going to. He's going to be playing him. <laughs> you know, that's that's it. But speaking of movies, this is... Apparently, there's this South Korean company which is um, developing what they call 4D technology. What? <laughs> Uh, okay. What is that? <laughs> so basically, it's a 3D movie shown in a theater where physical effects complement the on-screen action. <laughs> so wait a minute. If so I go to... Like, hold, on, like hold, on, these, hold on, hold on, hold uh, on. If I go to a movie theater and, and let's say the movie Jaws has been yes. reprocessed in 4D, yes. that means on the Dump screen... I'm watching Jaws on the screen, and as I'm watching that, some guy is, like, you know, throwing buckets of water at me. Yes. Come on. You may drown. What? And then if somebody farts in the movie, this, you know, fart smell will be shot at you. Some guy. There has to be a guy sitting next to us who farts. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is that back in the, in like, the 50s and early 60s um that was actually done a lot what no in fact like in the old horror movies when they were first like coming around at that time what they used to do was like these these guys would 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 go around these these theaters and what they would do is like in the horror movie they would like in the scary parts they would like flicker the lights or they would have like weird sound effects coming from all over the place and hmm. You know, all kinds of, like, you know, crazy things to scare you. Well, I do remember reading that, again, like, along the same lines with the old horror movies, that there were some theaters that experimented with uh, having some sort of, like, vibration in the chair. Well, I mean, they, they already, they've been doing those for decades. I mean, if you go to, like, Universal Studios or to the Disneyland stuff, you know, they have those things where it's 3D or it's IMAX and you're sitting in like a, a chair or some kind of like, um, you know, like vehicle or platform and it moves around. You know, it has the uh, um, the motion stuff. But this was like, you know, of course, this which was... I like. I, I, I've always found those to be kind of cool. Well, the precursor to that, again, this was like, you know, 50, 60 years ago was supposedly... Again, one of these horror movies where if I'm sitting in the chair yeah. and it's like the music is building up and all of a sudden yeah. the monster pops out and then my chair goes like... Bzzz. Yes. Yeah, that was the other thing they used to do. They would wire the chairs and like zap them with electricity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, why'd they stop doing that? Uh, probably because it was against the law. <laughs> Something, I don't know. Basically, everyone in that theater was sitting in an electric chair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they were basically sitting in like a, you know, a, a, like a, what do they call those things? Like a fire trap or something. <laughs> yeah, it was not good. That was the the four D, the four D uh, stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's what they, uh, that's what uh, maybe is on the horizon. The four D, four D, Smellovision. <laughs> yeah, Smellovision scratch and sniff or something i don't know 
Yeah, you know, like if you're in an art, if there's like an Arctic part of the movie, it gets real cold. Yeah. Because the jungle gets really hot. Yeah, and then like the guy off to the side opens up a cage of mosquitoes. Yes. Yes. Snakes. Yeah. <laughs> so do you remember, well, it's summer. It'd be cool. You could have watched snakes on a plane with snakes. Oh, God. So it's summertime here on the Paunch Stevenson show. And it's been getting, you know, like, there were a few days where it was 100 degrees, 101. And at work, I was talking to one of my coworkers about this. But do you remember back when we were in, uh, in, in elementary school or even middle school, even high school? We went to school, when we grew up, we went to school all the way till the end of June. And it was no, very hot. It was like the and third our week. School, huh? It was like the third week of June. It's around now. Yeah, so it was like, you know, near the end of June. So yeah. you and I went to school together. We went to public schools. And we did not have air conditioning. We didn't even have fans. No. So... When, you know, like in May or June, when it would get very, very hot, like 90 degrees, 100 degrees, the only option really was the teacher could open a window. Right. So we're sitting there. We're trying to concentrate. We can't because it's 100 degrees. The teacher's solution is to open a window. Of course, the windows didn't have any screens. So what would inevitably happen every single time? A bee would fly into the classroom (laughs) It would start flying all over the place and nobody is paying attention, you know, to, to the teacher. They're just paying attention to the bee. Yeah, the bee. Every time. And then, you know, so then some of the teachers were like, all right, well, we're not going to open a window because then the bee's going to come in and no one's going to pay attention. So I'm just going to turn off the lights. <laughs> <laughs> because... It's hot. Got to turn the lights off. Right. It's hot. You turn the lights off. Except, wait a minute. I'm seven years old, and you're my teacher, and I'm raising my hand and saying, "Hey, idiot! These are fluorescent light bulbs. They don't generate heat." Well, they, they generate some heat, but not much. But like one percent. What is yeah, that going to do? I know, but it was bright out. You didn't need them on. I mean, yeah, it was good to turn off the lights regardless just to save electricity, but come on. You're not going to cool us off by turning off, you know, a fluorescent light bulb. <laughs> but do you remember, like, by the time it got to June, it was torture. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, well, it was, yeah, it was not pleasant. I mean, literally, like, we would get up out of the chair to go to the next class, and the chair would be wet. Our shirts would be wet. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, I, I know. It was it was it was definitely uh, definitely not good. And then you would like fight over who would who would sit next to the window. And... <laughs> yeah. Well, the other problem was that the windows in our like high school were so destroyed that you couldn't even open them anyway. Yeah, they wouldn't stay up half the time. <laughs> well, I was saying you would open it. <laughs> And, and oh, and, like and by a... the way, we never got to leave early because of heat. Like, my coworker is like, oh, I have to leave Sometimes. early to pick up my child. Oh, wh- why? 
Oh, because it's uh, it's it's ninety degrees in the school. They don't have air conditioning. We're picking them up early. No, they, they no they they had rules for that. I remember that. No, I remember they had rules for. That. I remember people used to leave. We didn't leave early. Uh, we may have. I I don't remember. No, we. I'm telling you, we never got out of school early because of heat. Uh, I don't know. I don't have to tell you, but um. I do, I do remember those days, and then I, I remember we would like try to walk home, and really bake. Yeah. And I forget, I mean, like I remember, like if you had gym at the end of the year, gym class, that was brutal. Yeah, that was brutal. <laughs> that especially, was... especially in the morning, you show up to school, you have gym in the morning, you're like yeah. soaking wet the rest of the day. Oh yeah, I know. I mean, you were you were just disheveled disheveled mess smelly yeah I, I mean that was the thing and you know n nobody none of us thought to like bring like deodorant with us to school well the weird thing is we just didn't think of those things the weird thing is growing up like watching all these sitcoms and always always in all of these sitcoms or or, or movies about high school the students took showers after gym. We well, never, you... we didn't have showers. No, the the showers were there. We just didn't use them. Yeah, we weren't allowed to use them. Uh, they had. They used to use them. No, I mean they used to use them um, up until uh, probably the eighties. Yeah, but, but so by the time we were in high school, we weren't allowed to. We're like, wait a minute! Yeah. You just made me run around, get sweaty and smelly. Yeah, and now I, I can't I... rinse off. No, well lifted. the. The problem was the problem was two problems with that was a that it, obviously they don't want to pay for the water, great, <laughs> and, and you know and all that stuff and and clean you know the drying the the towels and whatever. But the other thing was uh, the second thing was you know your gym period was like forty minutes by the time we were in high school. Yeah, you know that with the what what are you gonna you're gonna have a gym class for for twenty minutes and then take a shower? What, what's the point? Well, the third reason is they probably uh, didn't want people killing each other. Well, that that's I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, the kids back in <laughs> in in our parents' day in the '60s and '70s and stuff, even though they, a lot of them were probably crazier in a sense, they they had they had like a discipline to them that by the time like we were in high school, they just the kids just were it was just too much bullying and. Just, just just antics well also you know. our junior high school our middle school supposedly had a swimming pool again we weren't allowed to use it no there was no swimming pool the swimming pool was underneath where the gym was the boys gym that was a swimming pool like in the 30s well we weren't allowed to use it it wasn't there they had filled it in you know it was oh the, the floor, you know, the, the basketball court was on top of it. Well. I don't think the... The thing is, I don't think the middle school had showers. Or if it did, they had, like, one. And I, I don't I don't even know where it was. Well, again, if we had... If, 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 if we had been allowed to use the swimming pool... No. Someone would have died. I guarantee you. Oh, yeah. Well, I think by the legend was that someone did die a few times, and that's why they get rid of it. But I, I don't know. I don't know what was true, what wasn't true. Well, like you said, it was probably money. 
Well, not only that, no, but the thing was that in the middle school, the original part of the building, the gym, which became the girls' gym, was very small. And they, you know, they wanted a bigger one, so that they used that part. Actually, that brings up a good question. How come all throughout elementary school, we had, you know, gym was boys and girls? Then all of a sudden, middle school, no, you have a separate girls' gym and then separate boys' gym. You each go to your own well, separate... Because there was, well... But then in the high school, it was like, oh, okay, everybody's back together but again. Because in the high school, there was one gym, but on either side of the gym, there was a locker room. So it was a boys' locker room and a girls' locker room. In the middle school, you didn't have that. In yeah, grammar right. school, you didn't need a locker room. In the middle school, you needed a locker room because they made you wear the stupid gym t-shirt and shorts. Yeah, why? So, well, that's just what they did. But you couldn't have, you because you had to be you know, in the gym clothes. But you couldn't have, how could you have a locker room for boys and girls? You couldn't. No, so, I, I know, you're right. And there was only one in each gym, so right. that they didn't have a choice. It just yeah. made more sense. Plus, in the middle school, the kids were, the, the boys were absolute animals. <laughs> and our you school. Just, you, yeah, you couldn't keep them with the girls. You just couldn't. They would have been dead. That's true. And speaking of animals, to hear a Nicholas Cage's son, yeah, was, like beaten up on the street by somebody who worked for Nicholas Cage, who just hey. probably got sick of him. Hey man, hey man, you beat up my kid. Hey man, you beat him up. Hey, <laughs> that whole family. Like, what is going on with them? Oh, they're a wreck. They're just an absolute wreck. I'll do it. Not the bees! Not the bees! No! All right, Nick. You play Superman. I'll do it. You didn't. Girl. Let me finish. You play Superman's <laughs> cat. I'll do it. Yeah, well, he's so broke now. He just does everything. Just getting warmed up. Who bingo? Ah.